Welcome to Transmissions from the Evil Lair, the official podcast of the Brotherhood of Evil Geeks. What's up, everybody? It's episode 238 of Transmissions from the Evil Lair. This week, it's Tom and myself, uh, and we are going back into the Hauerverse. Uh, I think this is our second uh, entry in our series of Rutger Hauer-based podcasts. This week, we have a special guest joining us on the show. The always hilarious Rick Overton uh, returns to the show. Um, he is in the movie Blind Fury, which is the movie that we're talking about in this uh, installment of our Into the Hauerverse series. Um, uh, we, of course, get into that a little bit, uh, and... This being the show that it is, uh, we of course get way off topic, uh, but we you know we have a good time. We had a great time uh, last time Rick was here, uh, and it's no exception uh, this time. We had another uh, great time. Uh, we talk about all kinds of just movie stuff. Uh, we, we 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 honestly tried to focus on blind uh, blind fury. Uh, we did a pretty good job. We held in there for like half the podcast. Before we get started, as always, let me remind you: uh, if you're listening to us, like, uh, rate. Uh, subscribe, do all those fun things to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you may be listening to this because uh, we uh, we enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, so here we go. Transmissions from the Evil Lair. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're actually sitting here right now as we're uh, chatting. I watched the movie this morning for the first time probably, I want to say since I was like 15 or 16. <laughs> oh, not me, Rick. Uh, this is Tom. I was uh, here last time when we talked uh, before too. Um, right, Blind Fury is is one of my like once a month movies. Is it really? I would, oh, great! <laughs> and in fact, the last time we spoke to you after you hung up, I looked at Chris and I said, "God damn it! I forgot to ask him about Blind Fury." <laughs> oh well, problem solved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually mentioned this morning that we were talking to uh, like one of the guys in my like gaming group uh and he, he said the same thing like he's like that movie is one of the like building blocks of my childhood uh as far as like movies he's like that and stone cold with uh, uh well, Ryan Bosworth. Bosworth. Yeah, yeah. as far as all uh, right movies. <laughs> right right <laughs> well i think uh, blind fury is far uh, far higher on the uh the quality scale than than stone cold yeah yeah well uh, even so i would say blind fury 89 came out uh before stone cold so yeah i mean you know blind fury does star rudger hauer Stone Cold star is a football player with like a skunk mullet, you know. Oh, Lance Hendrickson. Oh, well, Lance Hendrickson saves the goddamn movie. I mean, him and William Forsythe should have gotten like a co Academy Award for Stone Cold. You know, I remember that movie. They, I think the the stunt men should have gotten some credit for that too because they they did some pretty crazy stuff. I love 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 stunt people and think they deserve their own awards. Oh yeah, yeah. In the, I mean, in the Academy. Oh, te- totally, totally. And not the awards that they give out during the day that nobody sees on TV either. <laughs> no, when people risk death like that, you know, just blow them off. Exactly, exactly. It is kind of shocking that, like, by now, like, we haven't, they haven't, like, come out with a, you know, that own, that award category yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Huh. We need to get, like, woke millennials on that, you know? Yeah. They, they could <laughs> champion that cause, you know? <laughs> um. But uh, let's talk about the movie itself. I mean, how did you um, kind of, you know, come about, you know, getting into this movie? Was this... um, I went out for the audition, and they had me playing around, and Tim Matheson was there, and he likes me, and so he got me in the movie, because he was one of the producers. Tim Matheson from Animal House. Oh, he's awesome. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're we're buddies still, and, you know, we, we say hey every now and then on the socials. And, uh, yeah, he took good care of me. He liked all the humor that Nick Cassavetes and I were bringing into the film. They liked it so much that we started changing the tone of the film almost completely. 
Nick, Nick kind of stepped up and said, we want to try this. And so I was going along with it and we were coming up with bits, you know, half of that stuff we kind of came up with. Oh, wow. A lot of the stick in the dialogue, all that. The stuff in the elevator. Uh, he let uh, Philip Noyce was pretty cool with us. I'd have to say, you know, he let me drive my own stunts in the car with him leaning out and shooting, and huh. you know, he was letting us have a lot of fun. And uh, and also, he saw the benefit in dailies of the kind of stuff we were doing was good. So, did the movie start out as more serious? Yeah. Oh wow! There was some. There was some humorous tone to it. Uh-huh. We just upped the stakes like a lot. Oh. Yeah, so much so that Rutger started getting sillier after Dailies too. <laughs> That's and we were loving that. I was gonna say he comes off very like kind of lighthearted and you know I don't want to say goofy but like very jokey a lot in this movie for for being like an action movie and for him like his backstory he's very like I don't know very like there's very like like a wholesomeness about him almost in this, in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's he's Zen. He was taken in by this. Uh, this master's hidden away sort of sanctuary of martial arts Zen training, and uh, he didn't just learn how to fight with a sword, he learned how to comport himself and what his philosophy is all through that. Huh, we uh, we were just uh, we were just admiring the training montage, uh, uh, uh as we were uh, starting this movie up a second ago, yeah, right, when he's out there and uh. Yeah, you think they shot in Thailand or something like that? They went all the way to Thailand to get them to cut those um, Philippines. Uh, wow! I, I don't know about that. I got double checked. I don't remember so many years ago. But I think we heard it was like the Philippines or you know one of those convenient jungly spots where you can do all that stuff. <laughs> it is crazy. This movie's thirty years old this year. Like that is mind blowing. I remember watching this on HBO with my dad, like when it like first came on. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking about how it's interesting that, um, and, you know, you just saying that uh, you guys brought a lot of humor to it. It's interesting because Philip Noyce's other movies don't seem to be as lighthearted as this, even though there's not. There's no other film of his like this. Yeah. Yeah, we were just looking through some of his stuff, like Patriot Games, Salt, like these serious political. Sliver. Like, yeah. Yeah, Sliver is like a, like a psychosexual, yeah. like, thriller, you know? Well, I remember his first film. What was that? Dead Calm. Oh yeah, we were just yeah. talking about on the boat. They're on the boat, no, and like you got nowhere to go, and you're with some, you know, you don't know who you're with, and yeah, you got a Billy Zane on your boat, you know. Yeah, right, that kind of thing. <laughs> you got to, you know, if you can figure out how to shoot on the boat, you have a very controllable set after that. <laughs> that is something you really don't think about. Like we're gonna film on this boat. Like you really have like. 10 feet of space and like yeah. half of that it needs to be reserved for like actually shooting something holy shit I just thought of this Billy Zane dead calm Billy Zane Titanic that dude's always trying to fucking fuck <laughs> uh, this man hates boats yeah <laughs> well, you can't even wedge Kevin Bacon in there that one's so tight <laughs> <laughs> um, you know you were saying you and Nick Cassavetes uh, were kind of like you know, improving some stuff. Was it was how was filming with him? Was it just kind of you know because you guys look like you have a lot of fun. Like in the- we were having loads of fun. We were you know he tried to get me to go to Reno and gamble with him, and he has ins- angelic, insane gambling luck, and I have not one bit of it. <laughs> so he he loved inviting me to go gamble. <laughs> He's gonna try and get it to rub off on me, but it didn't work that way. So. <laughs> I had my motorcycle out there. It was fun. I get that's. I told him that's my gambling. I ride the Harley. That's that's when you guys shot in Reno. <laughs> yeah, I towed my bike all the way up. Oh wow! Did you? So have- I'd have it for the show. You know, they weren't happy with that because you have a principal cast member riding all the time. That's. They were pretty cool about that. I. I wouldn't occur to me to ever ask that again. Now, <laughs> Randall. Text- that's a little risky. It's a little risky. <laughs> Doesn't Randall Tex Cobb spend half the movie on a motorcycle? Oh, uh, well, I think that's raising Arizona, but oh, yeah, that's <laughs> one, yeah. you're getting yeah, he's you're on right. a Honda Shadow made to look like a sort of road warrior Harley, and uh, he did his own stunt when he's coming up that alleyway, and then bonk, gets knocked off the bike with the board. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a rope on them that times out just where the board comes out. And so, like, a couple of feet ahead of you, but you're, you're falling back because of the cable, you know? That guy was such a staple in, in movies for so long, you know? You just see, you just, I just took for granted seeing Randall Tex Cobb. He was, in like, a movie, the thug you know? in a lot of stuff. They had yeah. the heavy, you know? 
<laughs> um, yeah, he uh, he was. Uh, we had a lot of fun. He told him great, a lot of insane stories on the set too. He was, yeah, he was telling us about you know shooting on other sets and all the the, the rough stuff he had to go through. But he said he really had fun working with the cones. Was he like a boxer or something at some point? Yeah, he was a heavyweight, I think. And a martial artist, you know, a march, uh, MMA, uh, not MMA, like today's version of MMA, but back then in the day, MMA. But it was right. actually like guys without gloves, like fighting. Like, yeah. Remember, yeah. like a tough man. Oh, well, he might be a little, yeah, I'm sure there was a bare knuckle brawl. His, he sure looks like there was, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's still, and I don't know where he is these days. He's still with us, though. And I hope I get to see him one day soon. Yeah, he, I'd love to see him at a convention or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a dude I'm surprised I, I don't see at, like, conventions. And, and Rutger's a big, tough guy, too, man. Uh, you know that scene on the bridge where the van stops and Nick and I get out and the back of the van opens up and the kid bonk, he hits me in the head with the... With like a fire extinguisher or something? Yeah. The rubber. You know, you know, something hit... No, 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 that's right, that's second. The first one is Rutger grabs me and he really headbutted me with that... Big old bovine head of his dog. <laughs> Stars and planets, and I really went down. Holy he shit. bought me good. That's a that's a uh, an Edinburgh ki- a Glasgow kiss right there. You know? <laughs> we were just talking about how like how kind of like kind of big a guy he is. We were just watching uh, Nighthawks last week uh, with him and Stallone, and then, like there's the one scene at the end where they're together and. Like Stallone must have been standing on like stilts or yeah. Yeah, you know or four milk crates. Yeah, like it's like a, it was like a you know a stagehand like on hands his knees and he's standing on his back. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it uh, it certainly you know he uh, he was like a martial a martial artist that could keep up in all those scenes with everyone. Really? Everyone was amazed and his swordsmanship was great. Huh. You guys study martial arts at all? I don't myself. Yeah, no. I've, I think I went to a karate class once. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, his his form is uh, was fine. You know, I mean, you didn't see it all in the movie scenes because not everyone gets to use great form in a scene. That's just a fight scene. You have to sort of abridge it a little bit. But he was he was tight, you know. Yeah, and I think the guy could have really dusted it up proper if he had to. <laughs> I know sometimes when you're watching a movie and you see somebody that can't fight, it's easy to tell. Oh, absolutely! You yeah. see them move that sword up just in time to catch the other guy swinging at him, and it, it looks just rehearsed. But with with Rudger, it doesn't look that way. Right? You know, like Bruce Willis can actually fight. He was a bartender, so he can actually fight. Yeah. And when he brings that stuff into a scene, like in uh, the elevator on Die Hard, it's like that's that's kind of what you'd really have to do, you know. Anyway, Rutger uh, said he wanted to get an RV. He wanted to get a, a, a drive around the, the world in his RV uh-huh. that had a that had a, a Honda Goldwing rack on the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man! And he planted the seed of that in my head, and I'm still on YouTube looking at RV videos uh-huh. because of it. Uh-huh. All these years I've later. never stopped since then looking at RVs once he talked about it. That is like, I'm not going to lie, that is just like a really <laughs> awesome idea for a road trip. I mean, I'm a yeah. person, like, I'm a very, like, introverted person. I, like, I don't go out much. I'm, I'm a homebody pretty much. Like, having just the ability to, like, have, like, a home base like that and still be able to go out and see everything. Because I, I do love traveling, even though I am, you know, a pretty, like, you know, homebody person. Um but yeah, it just sounds like relaxing, going at your own pace. Like, hey, we're going to park the RV here for a while. Let's take the bikes out for a bit, you know. Oh, hell, that sounds awesome. Do you know if he ever did it? It does. It does sound awesome, yeah. <laughs> did Rudger ever do it, do you know? I When I was at the next time I saw him was at a table read. Uh, and we didn't have time to talk about it. Oh. And later I thought, oh, I should have asked him. But what did you anyway? What did you work on him with again after that? Uh, it was just a table read. I was doing a table read to replace somebody at a table read. Oh, okay. Just let everybody know what's me, and I'm still here in the biz, too, and I'll see how good I do with that. Wait till you see me on the set. Nice. <laughs> that's how you advertise sometimes, is you do a favor. Right, right. Yeah, hey, it's the, you know, it's the stuff that leads to other stuff. Oh, yeah. People who know people, yeah. man. We're the luckiest it's, people. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you can... If you can express yourself and someone gives a damn, I think you're ahead of the game. 
Hell yeah. Um, speaking of uh, newer stuff, while we're kind of uh, talking about that, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I'm dying up here. I, I really, really enjoyed that show. Uh, that show. Oh, me too. Thanks. And, yeah, the, yeah. The episode in season two where um, what's her name, uh, Melissa Leo's daughter, uh, falsely accuses uh, Mitch, who is uh, uh, Rick's character, uh, of like molesting her as a kid, basically, and like. Yeah, you know, it's all false, of course. And you know, like at the end, you're defending. She admits that she wanted her mother's attention, and she. But before that, I go down a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Poor old Mitch, man. He can't catch a break except his leg. <laughs> but yeah, the scene where you're defending yourself, I thought was great, man. You just. Oh, thanks, man. I had. I never do. You that. know, I was every emotion at once. Here I am laying into Melissa Leo, who. I think is just so amazing, and I'm going to just wail on her, you know. And uh, and then she gives me a big hug at the end of it, a thumbs up, and man, you drive home, you can't shut that smile down. <laughs> you feel good after that. You went and did something you could be really proud of, you know. And I think the writing on that show was remarkable, but also the acting from comedians was unbelievably good. Yeah, I, I'm so consistently solid, right? I mean, Provenza, uh, Ladman, Kindler, uh, 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 of course, Andy was fantastic. Santino's great, and uh, I thought Clark Duke was great too. Clark Duke. Now I don't know about his stand-up career because I'm saying these are stand-ups doing stand-up. Oh yeah, he's I'm doing actor, acting. Right? He's an actor. Clark is an amazing actor. He will, you know, I think he's one of the great character actors, too. And so uh, we had such a crazy good cast. And you wouldn't immediately go, what, comedians? Go, yeah, watch them do this work. <laughs> Look at Brad Garrett. Just make you fucking cry. Yes, yeah, he's like the... Uh, what? Comedian the, made you cry? That's right. God damn it, we can do this. He's like the former superstar who's like kind of like washed up and yeah. he's just kind of uh, yeah. he's like tangled up with the mob, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, he's in uh, everything he shouldn't be. He, he's not sure how to save himself and he's trying. And, you know, I mean, uh, it's so complex. And it, uh, any comedian that's been at it a while, the way he plays it, you so, so get it. It's just so wonderful. It was just fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sad that show's not going to be around anymore. Uh, no, but uh, luckily it's still in some sort of archived form. You can still play it back and see it. Yeah, yeah. Some of my favorite albums are ones that you know came out a, a couple years ago. You know. Yeah. Well, once you discover, like when you were, you know, years after they come out, I mean, like some right. you know classic rock and stuff like that. Stuff I discovered when I was younger. Right, right, right. It new isn't always better. Exactly. Sometimes yes, but not always. You know, I like um, I see Scorsese and like Soderbergh. They put a lot of stand-up comedians in their movies. I like seeing them in like all the little parts and stuff throughout the movies. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I've worked with Soderbergh, and I'd love to work with uh, Scorsese. I'd love to work with Martin. Like I think isn't Ray Romano in the Irishman? Uh, yeah, I know somebody yeah. mentioned to me the other day that like, they were surprised. Like, uh, oh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah. In that movie. I'm, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I'm waiting to see Sebastian get really dark and serious stuff. You know who's a fantastic actor? Andrew Clay. Dice? Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay is a fantastic actor. I'm sure he, he's fantastic. Uh, what's her name's dad? And uh, to, to not to catch a star. <laughs> I remember um, him in a, uh, the one that was just that with Lady Gaga and all, and uh, Bradley. Cooper. He was in Rising Star. What was that movie called? Uh, I, I am having the worst. A Star is Born. Star, a Star is Born. He's in yeah. A Star is Born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is. He's her dad, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. But he disappears into characters now, which is the thing. That's that's like my favorite thing in the world, guys. Uh, I'm going to be great with you. I, I was always enamored by Peter Sellers. And the whole, you know, you can become a character of any sort. It looked like the most fun in the world to just become that other person completely. Like he was uh, in uh, that thing with uh, Bobby Cannavale in uh, the, the record industry show that was on briefly. and uh, About the same exact time frame, but uh, in, uh, vinyl. in New York. Vinyl. Vinyl, vinyl yeah, yeah. Vinyl. He was... That Dice was unreal good in that, wasn't he? I didn't even realize he was on that. Yeah, I saw like the first... He had this long movie. hair. He's a coke... Wow. Dealing producer, crazy man, one of those maniacs, you know, and like, oh my god, it's so good. It's like my, it was, 
he and a lot of kind of always work with like the only part I liked out of that show because otherwise it was kind of a I don't know I couldn't relate to it yeah I I, I lost interest in it but uh, I have to check that out again now I've actually gotten into arguments with people over um, over Fair, Ford Fairlane because I love Ford Fairlane really? uh, I, I love that goddamn movie <laughs> like, but is, is it a thing of it being a good movie or is it because you saw it when you were younger and like no it's got nothing to do with being young it's got really good there's really good parts like it's a it's got it's interesting it's weird it's not predictable huh. he's not a predictable character he's not a predictable character in that situation he's a private detective but he's still Andrew Dice Clay and he's still like playing to the camera so it's kind of like this weird, surreal, you know, like monkeys movie or something, you know? <laughs> like he's got a pet fucking koala bear. Andrew Dice Clay's head. Yeah, and like Robert <laughs> England is a, is a hitman. And uh, yeah, and, and Wayne Newman, or uh, Wayne, Wayne, Newton. Wayne Newton is in it. And, you know, like Gilbert Gottfried is in it. It's it's so weird. Rennie Harlan. Breaks into a musical number? Breaks into musical numbers? Yeah, he breaks into musical numbers. Yeah. Really? That that was probably the most surreal part of all because the band knows what song he's going to play. You I know? have such a complicated relationship with musical numbers. <laughs> the only thing recently that has been doing them very well uh, was the show Legion on Fox, just because that show is so off the wall crazy. They have a musical number on it. They have uh, numerous musical numbers. It's 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 a lot about um, questioning reality, kind of what you know. Defining reality, it's so. I, I don't even try to explain. The only like somebody tried to expl- uh, like sum it up to me, and it's the only way they can describe the show is it's if David Lynch did a superhero huh. show. Have you ever done? Uh, have you ever done any musical numbers, Rick? <laughs> uh, I lip synced to one in Earth Girls Are Easy as one of the doctors in a uh, in the number where they're all at the gym showing off. Working out in front of each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, I got really. That's when I had really long hair. Yeah. Who, who directed that? Was that like Demi? That wasn't Jonathan Demi, was it? Uh, to the internet. <laughs> we got Rick yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm getting it open now. That's a, now you got me thinking about it too. I gotta yeah. that. Oh man. Okay, hang tight. Let's get to IMDb here. And, uh, this is podcasting excitement, folks. We'll edit this part out. Yeah. We'll make it longer. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll to that, and we'll cut right to Rick going, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, come on, casting. Julian Temple. 19, uh, hey, Julian Temple, that's it. Julian Got Temple. It. No, I don't want to join IMDb Pro. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was Jonathan Demi. Huh. And he likes music, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a great fucking movie, too, though. I mean, that's... That's fun. Really yeah. fun, right? And and just like we were saying about, like, about Ford Fairlane. I mean, it's not... Uh, I'm not comparing it to Ford Fairlane. But it's one of those movies where, like, the characters are kind of weird and interesting. They're not predictable because you've never seen another movie with characters like that in them. Yeah. You know, so that makes the plot not predictable. You know, and you can just watch that movie and it's surreal, you know, but it's so entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing Jeff Goldblum be kind of a, a silly, funny lead. Yeah. And this yeah. was before, like, Jeff Goldblum was just, you know, Jeff Goldblum all the time. Like, like he's, and not that it's a bad thing. I mean, Jeff Goldblum's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it was a nice stretch for him, you know. <laughs> Step out of the Goldblum. You bet. <laughs> he was gold blooming, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it takes a second when you get oh, there. Oh, man, he's got to name his autobiography <laughs> that. Gold blooming. <laughs> gold blooming. That's great. Well, at least one of his jazz albums or something. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> um, I was going to say before, um, in, in Blind Fury, you're, uh, you're one of the bad guys, which I, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't happen quite a bit. Um, uh, I've been a few. Uh, you it, might not have seen it. You probably didn't see everything I was in it, but I was on NYPD Blue as one. I I been, Scott LaRose directed Comedy Hell. I'm the killer in that. And the heckler from Hell who kills everybody who heckles him. And uh, uh, I'm uh, 
Let's see. I was the lead villain on Secret Adventures of Jules Verne in Monster Makeup. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> so look, it, it doesn't. It's not even Steven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get. I don't get good guy, bad guy. You know, even like that's mostly just benign. Grand. Now it's Grandpa. Now I get Grandpas and uh, other older authorities. Plus, on Seinfeld, not everyone loves the Drake. That's true, you know? Uh, no, not everyone <laughs> loves the Drake. Uh, but as long as they keep saying the goddamn Drake, well, I'll, I'll live with it, you know? I love him, I hate him. Keep saying Drake, 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 Drake. Um, I was going to say, is it, is it fun to play like a bad guy like that? <laughs> Just kind of go crazy and, you know, not have to be, you know, the, 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 the nice good guy? I'll put it to you this way. Who looks like they had more fun, Michael Keaton or Jack Nicholson in Batman? Oh, yeah. absolutely, Jack yeah. Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you know, Mike's like a crazy comedian, funny, brilliant guy. But he's just trying to turn right his face right and left in a solid locked mask. Yeah. The whole time, you know? <laughs> body turn, body turn, and so uh, you know, it's like a little restricting. Whereas Jack just had rubber on his face that he could move. Yeah, yeah, and they made. He's probably in the makeup chair doing all kinds of hilarious stuff to himself, cracking himself, coming up with bits, you know. Meanwhile, Michael Keaton's just trying to turn his head without looking like big. Turning right, I just yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to turn right. Yeah, and you know that's it's it was such a uh, an important part of his performance that they they went so far as in the Christian Bale Batman, they made it a plot point for him to say to his suit designer, "You need to make a suit with a movable neck." Yeah, right. You know, I think it's the Heath Ledger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes yeah. him aside, he says, I need to move my neck. Yeah, because in the first uh-huh. one, he's like stiff and like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How are you going to fight crime like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you could come up on the side of me and I'd have no idea. <laughs> and I can't hear shit. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> as long as crime is happening like, you know, like 30 degrees like, to my right behind me, I, you yeah. know, we're all good, you know? That's pretty yeah. ironic, too, that you can't hear anything when you're Batman, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Adapt, those little ears don't do shit up top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, while we're on the uh, the uh, the Batman subject, because this is a, you know, a geeky podcast, we talk about comics and pop culture a lot, um, the new Joker movie. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone would like? I think it looks awesome. Yeah, like I, I'm kind of conflicted about this movie. I, um, I don't know. I, uh, as a movie fan, I'm excited, but as a comic fan, I'm like trying to fight my inner fanboy from being like, "What the hell?" Like, you know, it's not a comic. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, like I see, it's a movie about a guy who becomes, you know, a Joker-like character, not the Joker. Like, I don't know. I think this is just like. Well, here's as an actor, I immediately relate to having to do something that was just done so good, yeah, like, so well on its own. That what kind of reviews am I going to face trying to compete with that? Yeah, like how do you? How it do just you occurs to you, that? yeah. <laughs> you know, the next Batman, the next Batman. I guess you know once you're in the Batman blur, where it's just one new one a week, then it's yeah. you know you'll lose track of it. Right now, it just seems like uh, you know Ben was. I think Ben Affleck is smart. Bow out, man. Yeah, he got out. Let's yeah. it up because all you're doing is taking a, a comparison hit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will defend his Batman. I will say he's better than I think people give him credit for. It's just the wrong era to keep doing things over. It's pissing people off. Yeah, but yeah. they keep redoing stuff. It's like, why won't you use the other version? Why, why the new version? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? Why are you making it more cynical? Why are you taking all the good out of it? You know, you're sort of. Uh, Throne gaming, I call it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where the Game of Thrones is basically Lord of the Rings as told by Golem. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Using his value system. <laughs> That's true. I never thought of that. That's great. <laughs> Did you get to keep any of those awesome cowboy shirts they made for you for Blind Fury? Because I got to say, uh, these are fucking and awesome. every, it all went right back to the warehouse. God uh. damn it. <laughs> It, it, Hat, boots, and everything. Oh man, those shirts are sweet. <laughs> this is the oh. scene my friend quoted me this morning. The uh, suck my thumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I lick my nose. Suck my thumb. And we were just we kind of we would not totally improvise, but we'd sort of whisper to each other and come up with a bit. And they'd just say, "Can we roll? We got one for you, Philip." 
And you go, okay. All right. Go cut, cut the thumb, blind, you know, <laughs> blind Zorro, all that shit. So uh, we, uh, I know that uh, during the filming, one of these stuntmen got really, really badly hurt on that shoot. Oh, really? Yeah, I got cut up bad going through some glass or something like that. Oh. Yeah. And that's why I think there should be a Dar Robinson Award. You know who Dar Robinson is? Yeah, he died while they were shooting something. Uh... And shooting something I was on called Million Dollar Mystery. And uh, he was going on a dirt bike. It was one of those cannonball run kind of movies you know where everybody oh. get the money it was a pure capitalism madness based on mad 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 world right right wasn't he the villain in the Burt Reynolds movie Stick yes with one of the greatest stunts of all time of all time where he falls off the ledge while shooting backwards shooting, up yes. ah, that's yeah, so yeah. awesome it's one of the great stunts of all time everyone just went Dar Robinson. So he died showing off on a motorcycle on uh, Million Dollar Mystery and pulled a wheelie and went off it high-sided into a sagebrush stump, which blew open his liver or something oh, like that. Man. Now he's bleeding out internally, and we don't have an evac helicopter, but just a van that drives the winding road back. Damn. And in that process, we lost Dar Robinson. Oh, man. I'm so, so sorry. You know, on set, on set safeties, like for stunts, is still not sorted out. There's still this stuff happening. Oh. Yeah, somebody just died on something uh, uh, pretty big recently. Yes. Um, it seems like you hear about one every movie, you know, and then the, it's it's gone after a day, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. They're disposable. Uh, right. Bond film. Well, what do you want? It's a Bond film. Yeah. 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 Was that was that was it the Bond film? I think it was. Yeah. The well, I mean, that's a common one. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. they've lost several people doing Bond films because. You know, the, the stunt person is probably going to try and amp it up because knowing this is a, we can't do 1965 stunt. We got to do 20 whatever it is stunt and do it extra. Go more for it. Yeah, they can't just fast forward the footage like they did in the old Connery ones, you know, to make it look like. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and you work, and when you're working with actors too that are not as stunt yeah. trained, you know, it's really like crazy. Uh, yeah, I just I can't even imagine like trying to go back to work after that after something like you know we just lost somebody who was you know yeah I mean I mean somebody we were here with every day working with you know and now they're just gone they're gone man doing the job we all do yeah man uh, yeah I uh, yeah did do uh, what's your favorite stunt on earth. Oh, oh man! I, I don't. Whoa, wow! You know, one of your favorites. I'll tell you one of my favorite gags on Earth. I think his name was Jerry Dunn. He would replace Peter Sellers. He's on the parallel bars, and he's doing the parallel bar exercise. Mm -hmm. But he dismounts the wrong side and goes down a flight of stairs. Oh, holy oh, shit! Man. What was that in? I'm thinking Strikes Back. Pink Panther Strikes Back, I oh, think wow. is it. But it's, or the later one. What's the one where he goes to the Swiss chalet with the fake rubber nose with uh, the uh, laughing gas to go pull uh, the police commissioner's tooth and he pulls the wrong tooth and they're laughing at each other while oh. he's trying to kill because the gas leaked out. Do you remember that scene? I don't know that one. That does sound familiar. I'm trying to think. Guys, the second we hang up, go on YouTube and look at that. I have to say, my first Pink Panther movie was the Roberto Benigni, Robert Davi movie. Really, was it? And that's just the first one I happened to see. Well, I, well I you, you, you fixed it since, though, right? I, You know, I haven't. I haven't seen any of them. Really? Oh, I, man. I saw the Steve Martin ones. Oh, no wonder you don't know what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, You're totally turned off. Yeah, hey, I'd like to see them, dude. you know? You're going to see the difference instantly. Oh, yeah. Are you a Sellers guy? Are you a Sellers oh, dude? I love uh, Dr. Strangelove, you know? There's yeah. A, there's a girl in my yeah. soup, you know? <laughs> like that one. Him and Goldie Hawn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the early stuff is wonderful. Being there. Being there. Is being the later stuff was great, oh, too. The, the poor Fu Manchu wasn't so good, but that always happens. You yeah, always got a, yeah. a, a genius and a stinker, right? right? You know, just the way... 
That's the way life works, you know. Yeah. Get all the hits, you know, like yeah. balance. There's balance. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, I'm still thinking about like the, my favorite stunt question because it's, it's one of those things I've never actually like. I don't think I've ever actually thought about because see, I go straight to Walter Hill. I, I yeah. can think of at least five Walter Hill movies where something just so spectacular happens, like the end of another 48 Hours. That actor Andrew Devoff yes, yeah, yeah. gets sh- like shot. And he goes out a window and then falls onto a truck that's carrying all those like Culligan water bottles and like <laughs> smashes through them, you know? Yeah. yeah, man, that was a beauty, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, there must have been some fine applause when they shouted cut. Yeah, or, or just the entire <coughs> movie Last Man Standing with Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Willis, Willis yeah, the Walter yeah. Hill movie. Every single like death in that movie, a dude gets shot and they go flying like 50 feet. Bruce Willis walks into a room with two guns and kills like fifty guys. Never reloads, you know. And it's 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 all like a remake of an old samurai movie, but they did it in Prohibition era. Yeah, it is one of the, it's one of the greatest action movies that nobody has ever seen. When I try to, I saw it. Oh, it's so good. So that was good. Dern is in it, right? Isn't Dern oh, in it? Yeah, Bruce yeah. Dern, Christopher Walken. Uh, that was around the same time as like, The Quick and the Dead, right? That, I think so. That yeah. I also love from that same time. Really. As far as like you know, uh, you know, gunfighting and stuff like that, that was a great. Movie. Yeah, what's the actor's name? David Patrick Kelly is in it. Um, the guy who played uh, Michael Imperioli, he's in it. It's got a ton of great actors. Huh. Wow, full of great stunts. Yeah, yeah, sir. I'm sending you the dismount right now. Oh, hey. Check your check your messages. <laughs> I just want to hear you laugh at it. I'm have it like technically uh, befuddled moment again. Oh, you know, you know, this is a movie that not a lot of people uh, have seen, but I know people of our generation have because it was a it was a cable movie. You know, it was on cable a lot, but it's a comedy and it had one of the greatest car chases I've ever seen. It was the movie Short Time starring Dabney Coleman. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Where he plays a cop who mistakenly thinks he has brain cancer, so he oh, here we go. tries. Oh yeah, he tried to off himself, and they finds out he's not going to die. Now he has to deal with the hitman. Exactly, yeah, right? he, he turns into yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Turns into like a super cop, and in the middle of this <laughs> this comedy, you know, this Dabney Coleman comedy, there is a car chase that is just so spectacular. I mean, like it's the cars going off ramps and up and down bumps, and like. You know, he's losing fenders and the windshield, and he's just trying to kill himself in this car chase. He's rolling the car over, and, uh, and uh, you know, and uh, it's just an awesome car chase. But it, it's just, it's, you know, it's like the one in the Blues Brothers, where it just seems like so out of place, you know, in the yes. middle of a comedy. But it's, but it's I'll tell you my favorite line in the whole movie. The, so clearly it was looped in later. In, uh, in, in uh, Short Time? No, in, in Blues oh, Brothers. Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers. As when the 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 uh, Plymouth is screeching through the broken glass mall, just driving in the middle of the mall. Uh-huh. And Belushi goes, ooh, they have everything here. <laughs> the new Oldsmobiles are in. <laughs> We're watching this clip now. We're, uh, <laughs> they just came into the house, the one guy's taking his coat off. Yeah, I love those little bits of uh, additional dialogue, you know? Yeah, yeah af- total afterthought. Hey, hey, guys, what if I say this? Yeah. All right, we'll try it. We'll see it. We'll, we'll screen it. We'll see if it gets a laugh in a screening. Uh, yeah, oh, okay, it's in, it's in. There was one I noticed in this movie, in Blind Fury, actually, when you guys are, I think, it's going into the elevator. And uh, one of, I forget. I didn't movie. know Daddy used a rubber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everyone <laughs> likes that. Like Daddy's rubber. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, and then he, he tagged because we were getting a little competitive on tags. That <laughs> got more holes in it. That was supposed to be the button. Now there's holes in it. But Daddy's rubber. He goes. I didn't know Daddy did a rubber. Oh, you got the last tag, you bastard! <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> good one. Good one. Got it with it. You did it. <laughs> good catch. <laughs> All right, hold on. He's knocking on the door. I'm always partial to uh, Bruce Campbell saying "work shed" in Evil Dead Two. That was a nice piece of additional dialogue. That uh, yeah, right. And nozzle head. Nozzle head. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you was a screw heads or screw nozzle heads? Head? Screw heads. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. you screw heads. You primitive screw heads. You yeah. primitive. This is my boomstick. You yeah. primitive screw heads. <laughs> give me some. Sh- give me some sugar, baby. Yeah. And then there's always the uh, the classic watch out for snakes, of course. <laughs> From so. Egon. That's way back. Yeah. 
Uh, lighting the match Fav- in the dark. Favorite throwaway little baby lines that made the whole thing. <laughs> Favorite throwaway little lines that made the whole thing. Fight Club. I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. You finish it. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here because why? I don't know that one. Peter Sellers, President of the United States, says... Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, Strange Lord. Yeah. <laughs> made the whole that made the whole movie. For us. <laughs> oh, Dimitri, I don't think quote. it's fair. To What's this, that? There's one that we still quote to this day. I haven't used it in a while. Uh, it's William Fickner in this in this movie. It's really obscure. Drowning Mona. But it's, I think it's him and Danny DeVito, and like he's like a sheriff. Bette Midler. Midler. Yeah, Bette Midler's like his like yeah. demanding, like kind of like overbearing wife. And uh, and like Danny DeVito is like you know, when life gives you lemons, you know you have to make lemonade. And then Bette Midler's like, well, life gave me shit. You know what do we? You know what do I make? And uh, and <laughs> he goes, when life gives you potatoes, you make potato salad. Uh, you know, and she goes, you know, life gave me shit. What do I make? And William Fichtner, like in the background, just goes, a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he just saw he the just guy fell down the stairs. stairs. <laughs> From the dismount. Uh, but yeah, William Fichter just goes, a, uh, a shit salad? Yeah. yeah. Well, now who fell down the stairs? Oh, we were watching the Peter Sellers thing. Yeah, right? we just got Isn't that beautiful? Up. Isn't that just lovely, boys? Yeah, the way, yeah. The way he just gets up after, too. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry Dunn goes down the stairs, lands right next to Sellers, gives him a nod. Pete stands up behind the sofa and continues the scene. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Dressed just, just the same. Isn't that just one oh. cut thing of beauty? That's so great. Because uh, you know they probably they might have had to do more than one fucking take. Yeah. He's the same guy. Jerry Dunn's the same guy that does the flying sidekick at Bert Kwok towards the kitchen. And then Bert just steps slightly slightly to one side. <laughs> Jerry just goes, then Peter's crashing into the kitchen with the shelves and the flour and everything. <laughs> Oh man, it's amazing how they do that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, they just threw you at it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm still trying to think of more of those, like just one-liners, like <laughs> pads. Um, let's see. More one-liners. Um, anything that uh, Albert Brooks says in Taxi Driver? You know? <laughs> well, I would say. Oh yes, you know, I, uh, absolutely. <laughs> let's not. But fight. anything let's from not oh, there's so many of them from uh, there's so many of them from uh, uh, defending your life. I was oh, just, just going to bring up life. defending your life. Yeah. The one where they're watching the comedian. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, that's my dad. I can't <laughs> <laughs> How did you die, sir? On stage, like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, as a le- weird little one, he can't eat all the pancakes. That the Italian guys or the pasta that the that's guys right, give him. That's right. He brings and the guy doesn't understand why you can't keep eating now that you're dead. Because he goes, I don't know that. That that may be a little too much. And the guy goes, and the Italian waiter goes, ooh. <laughs> that movie is so ooh. great. I haven't seen that. Ooh, like disagreement. What do you mean? But with a sound, he did it with a sound. That's one of my favorite things. That is one of the. Anything that, of course, Rip Torn did was a, a, a brilliant throwaway oh, in that. He was so goddamn good in that. <laughs> oh, you're curious. That's cute. Oh, what's, he says like the most like weird thing when Albert Brooks asks him why he was late. He says, "I, you know." Oh, you wouldn't understand. And he says, "Well, I was trapped in the inner circle of thought." Yeah, yeah. Like what? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, help me understand. Tell me, is it, I was trapped in the inner circle of thought. Yeah. You're right. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, and this is decidedly a Kevin Pollock, <laughs> Albert Brooks impression, and I own it and admit it right uh, up top. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think I'm doing Dana Gould's. You know. <laughs> Although, yeah, you know. <laughs> Kevin Pollock had that great little segment before his special Stop with the Kicking where he was Albert Brooks's Batman. Do you yes. remember that? Oh, that was so good. And he shows Vicky Vale and he's, he's, he's yelling at Albert, or Alfred for letting Vicky Vale into the Batcave. You know, and, but he's Albert Brooks. So, <laughs> so good. Oh, you let her into the cave. <laughs> it, was like the, it was like you spent the nest egg. <laughs> I forbid you to use nest or egg. Birds live in a round stick. 
Did you watch uh, Drive, where he was the villain? Yeah, he was yeah. a great bad guy in that movie. That was- uh, but he was still a booby. Yeah, 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 yeah. He cuts, he cuts the wrists on Bill Sanderson, yeah. and then uh, says, "That's okay. That was a bad part." Yeah, now yeah. it gets easier. Yeah, he's just still talking to him like it's nothing, you know. Oh, yeah. He's, per- he's like weirdly psychotically parental. I thought it was the most interesting of choices when he can't really be a Scorsese bad guy. It doesn't mean someone like him can't be a vicious, murderous villain, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's such a terrific movie. And, you know, good for him, good for Albert to finally get a really, don't you want, in your career, one just meaty, chewy, bit-into-it bad guy, oh, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That's his hobby. Of course you do. I don't yeah. care how good you are. Every actor's on the phone with their guy going, get me a bad guy, like, but a good one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to chew some scenery, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John Hello, I'm Al Pacino. Yeah. And I've come out with a new line of edible scenery. Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried my new spicy Cajun desk? <laughs> I'd have to say his chewiest was Dick Tracy when he. Uh, well, when he of course the, it is. He had the full but, makeup what, on. But I have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his Jewish. The devil is his Jewish. Oh, oh yeah. That last scene where, yeah, he is just absolutely oh. just going for it. He's an absentee landlord. <laughs> absentee landlord. <laughs> I like when he tells the guy in the subway in Spanish that his wife is getting fucked on her, like, on yeah. his bed at home right now. Smoking crack and getting Yeah. Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so evil. Yeah. <laughs> He's. The greatest, right? The greatest trick the devil ever played. But you know what? He he. It's. I think it seems like he's overacting so much because he's he's paired up with Keanu in that. You know, both actors that I love. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But just like their styles just seem so different in that movie. You know, like there's there's. I mean, there's lines that Keanu has in that movie. When you talk about like favorite like one throwaway lines. You know, Keanu has so many in that movie. You know, he's like, Wow, the law, Dad! (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear they're doing Bill and Ted again? Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited for that. It's going to be a new storyline there. And uh, I'm very happy to hear all about it, you know. Uh, what Do you know what they're doing with the Carlin thing? Christian Schaal plays the character Kelly, who is the daughter of Rufus. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. And she will carry on the same role Rufus had. Oh, okay. And I know William uh, William Sadler's in it. Yeah, I, he's playing Death again, isn't oh, he? Oh, I love him. He is so- you sunk my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those actors that I... I, I love Bill Sa- I love him. Uh, have you ever worked with him? No, but I'm a big fan. Yeah, I smile when I see him in anything, you know? Me too. He never goes wrong. He always draws most of my attention. He was in Machete. I was like, yes, he's in Machete. You know? And, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. De Niro. De Niro's De Niro. in fucking... Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I, how, how much would you boys like to be in Machete 3? Oh, my in God. In space? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. Me and, too. As far as chances to, like, ham it up and just, you know, chew the scenery, you know? Just... And what if you're just that guy? He just chops the machete in two, and you got to go ah, spin into the camera. Like, remember that guy who gets uh, Hans Island claw on the face? He goes ah, and faces the makeup camera that goes down. You know, <laughs> that's your whole gag. He's going ah, turn, fall, and there's, you turn to all your friends in the theater. High five, high five. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the guy. You know, going back to some awesome stunts. I want to be the guy that Steven Seagal. There's always one guy in every Steven Seagal movie where he breaks their arm the other way. <laughs> yeah. I want to be that well, guy. You'd have to, well, you'd probably be the safest because he'll use a fake arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he actually beats Because whenever he hits, he, he, he hits pretty hard. I was on uh, My Giant, and he was in that briefly, and he, uh, he he plays pretty rough for those stunt guys. He was in My Giant. Did he play himself? I was yes, yeah, yeah. I, and I played I played the director who was the director Michael Lehman, but I played Michael Lehman directing him and then saying he said he wanted to do another take. I said let's wrap and that's a that's a good take. Let's move on. He goes, so I want another one. I went okay, changing everything. Whatever you say. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm scared scared of you. <laughs> oh, so that's what he said when you were actually shooting, not in the movie. 
No, 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 no. That's that's his character in the movie. Oh, that's our. Okay, character. okay, okay. No, he's fine. Otherwise, he's fine. We got we went up to his room and he played blues guitar. I brought the harp and we played a song and that was it. You know. Yeah, you know, I I was surprised. Nothing that nothing bigger than that. I was surprised <laughs> at how good of a musician he is when I heard his album. Really? He Stevie Wonder plays on it. <laughs> Does he really? Stevie Wonder playing on his record. <laughs> and you like you hear him singing and you go. Oh, this person knows how to sing. If you don't know it's Steven Seagal, you're like, yeah, this is a pretty good singer and, and guitar player. Yeah. And then somebody goes, it's Steven Seagal, and you go, what? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Am I right? He puts uh, he put some time into it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my only story. That's my only contact with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so many people have stories about him. Like, I, Tom Arnold told a story about, like, Steven Seagal, like, roughing up some guys on set. Like trying to be all tough, and then he turned to walk out of the room, and they were on a boat. Yeah. And he opened a door and just walked off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> not refreshing. Really. Uh, that was refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not realizing that boat went or that door went outside. You know. <laughs> well, that's a that's a great place for a door. Oh, I, you know, I ran my giant. I was a projectionist in the '90s. I remember running that movie. Billy yeah. Crystal wasn't that about Andre the Giant, right? Andre the Giant, but it was yeah. George Mirasan playing Andre. Right, he was a ball player, right? Yes, ball player. Yes, yeah. with uh, gigantism and uh, all the health stuff that goes along with. But try to make the best of your extraordinary life up until. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, try. Thought I had something there for a second, but some no, stunts. Gone. Yeah, I'm still thinking about stunts. Yeah, <laughs> stunts I, I can talk about stunts and gags all day. I can talk about. I love stunts. Boys. What about, I mean, the thing. You pick any gag in the thing. You know, the John Carpenter one. You know, I um. They just did in the uh, the new Swamp thing. They did it in the first episode. I was kind of disappointed in the rest of the series. It didn't quite live up to this level of effects. But they did a scene that was on par with anything in the thing. Yeah. As far as like just body horror and like this disgusting like. Yeah, well, we're, now we're on to a, we're talking EFX now, guys. Now uh, we're not just no. Stunts, this was when this you're the the reference in in the the thing wasn't so much a stunt as it was a stunt by Rick Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, that was his. He was extraordinary in what he did for 1981. Yeah. He was doing this basically. You know, it came out in '82, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it came yeah. out. It was, so yeah, he started probably in '80. Like the same the summer effects. as ET, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it was '82. So. Those effects were pretty damn good for 82, boys. Yeah, you know? but I, I, they use uh, conventional effects in Swamp Thing, so that's why I brought that one up uh, as a comparison. What kind of effects? What were they? Uh, they're, they're, they're conventional effects, not like it wasn't completely different. They're, oh, they're, they call them practical? Practical, practical, yeah, practical yeah, effects, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> wire work and all that jazz, huh? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I did a, an episode of Grimm before they went off, and... Uh, I thought I had to turn into a werewolf. I thought I was going to lose half a day <laughs> to be in the chair. And they went, uh, do you want to go to lunch and then we'll do the werewolf? And I went, go to lunch. <laughs> what? And then immediately do the werewolf? How do we do that? Oh, we just put you in the scanner. And I stand in this green grid light thing that scans me and the different cameras. Now give me angry face, angry face three quarters, angry face half. Left and then half a quarter, uh, the right, and, and you you give them all the different expressions, and a computer memorizes you, and yeah. starts painting you in live time while you're shooting. Huh. And and be, before lunch, I had just a little bit of them putting dots on me. I didn't know what it was, and I find out the dots are going to be to locate. And then they went skip the dots. Why? The update means you don't need dots anymore. Huh. <laughs> so it just looks at your face because it's facial recognition stuff from the airport. It's all the stuff that's going to mess our lives up later. Is working really great on the show right now. <laughs> so turn you into the, the Wolfman. Yeah. Well, it turned me into an instant Wolfman, and, and the effect—if you ever get to look at it—it's pretty damn good, guys. I oh. gotta say, it was amazing when I saw it, especially for TV. Wow, man, it was cinematic, good, and it did it just it pastes it right up, follows your face, and while you're er, ooh, ee, ah, it just stays with it and adds the other stuff on top. <laughs> All right, yeah. do you want to be a wolf man? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we're going to use this technology to invade your privacy and track everything you do. Uh, what? <laughs> that's no, wolf that's man, wolf the man. downside. Yeah. Oh, right, that, that's the other part, and I, I don't know if you know this, but I help sell mocap. 
I think we did talk about this last time. You were, yeah, this is that's a, I keep getting involved in because that's you know I I recognize some of the technology and stuff. I just didn't know they were gonna. I thought we don't do motion capture here. I couldn't figure out why they were doing the dots, oh, and then yeah. they told me that yeah. this now it's not motion capture because new motion capture it doesn't need to. I had to wear the suit. You had to transmit from your body all the motion signals. I would think all motion capture is now in wires. a room with tracking cameras. Huh. Yeah. They're looking at you from the camera, and maybe one on your head because you you got to get your face close. But your your body's freed up. We didn't have all that. You had to be very careful how you moved, or you mess it up. <laughs> and they fixed it. Well, you figure they better fix it by now. It was twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. The one. Well, but there, there are guys. There are chilling implications to all of this. Um. Could, could it imply that perhaps our president is some sort of simulacrum? Oh, God. He's a simulacrum uh, of a president, that's for sure. Some sort of digital uh, construction, you know? We, we could well, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say AI. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, a, a UI. The, the A part, yes. The a, I part, uh, artificially. UI. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> <A> UI. <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah. So, I, uh, well, they say we're all in a simulation, and this is all a bad dream. The second we decide it, it should be a better program, it reprograms. But I, I keep thinking that, and it keeps staying on this program. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting that here reprogram button pretty hard, and uh, I don't know, man. Like it, I, I'm genuinely like for the first time worried about how things are going. Like, I'm not going to lie, you know, I, I don't want to, like, polish it up, but it, it just, who boy, like, it, it, things need to go a certain way next year, and if they don't, I don't know, like, how, yeah, yeah you know. Uh, I don't, well, if we're going to go a little dark, if it isn't Bernie, you have to figure out what you want to do here next. Yeah. Yeah, I, um. no, God, Bernie's the only one that can win. The rest of them are fake number, then no turnout, look how they don't have any turnout. They're just because they're corporate. You tell them, and that's the only thing that that's all they're selling is that this person's going to protect the banks, going to protect big pharma and oil and war, while giving you a couple of liberalish sounding things to keep you quiet. But the ninety nine percent doesn't see it that way, man. And so people keep quizzing me, going, "What'll you do when it comes down to that?" I go, "Has nothing to do with one guy. You're nuts." You psychotic. I'm not. I don't control this election. My one vote. Uh, you, what you need to do is vote for the one that has the most people in the audience, and that's Bernie. And they go, no, I'll never do Bernie. Then you're full of shit, and you don't mean a fucking word you say when you say you want to get rid of 45. Yeah. Because you don't. Because uh, otherwise you'd go yes to Bernie, but you're fake desperate, and fuck you for the lie. I really, I have no patience for that shit that extortion but biden and so that's chance yeah yeah biden yeah biden will go breathing into little girl's hair and shit oh. like that you're best fucking oh yeah there's a lot of people defending pedophiles now too yeah and that yeah. creeps that creeps me the fuck out guys that really does and i don't care which political side you're on they're all involved and when you defend one because it's on your precious side yeah. you make me fuck sick yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the same. Shame thing. on you, shame. With all like the Epstein stuff, people saying like, "Well, Bill Clinton's going to be implicated too if Trump is." Like, well, yeah, he, great. Yeah, yeah if do he it. is, take him down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Thank you. You yeah. get it. It's, yeah. There's there aren't sides when it comes to pedophilia. Yeah, exactly. He's a fucking monster if that's the case, and then take him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's I, on the plane twenty six times to Orgy Island on the Lolita Express airplane. To what? Play golf? There's yeah. no golf on that island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got a sacrificial temple. They got a cement mixer for the kids that don't cooperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, I was listening to uh, to shout out another podcast, the one you turned me on to, the stuff they don't want you to know. Oh yeah, yeah. And they they just did one this week on like Epstein and, and like on his death and everything. And yeah, oh god, that again, not to sound like a you know a, a conspiracy nut, but hey, by the way, the, the Saying they've trained us really well yeah. to not want to address conspiracies. I'm well, not this. Be sure not because all your say. subconscious is saying is don't attack me now, everybody. Because yeah. I said yeah. this, whereas I just say I'm going to say it. Come fucking attack me. Yeah, yeah. But there's no but way this guy. You, you just you the, the 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 era of the ones who gang up on conspiracy people. There used to be more of them. 
Well, I got news for you now, fellas. There's more of us now. Yeah. There's infinitely more of us. And someone that says, oh, yeah, Epstein killed himself and that's that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. It, be braver than that. Stop being a coward. Yeah. Say that, that because the, all they're afraid of is being hit by something. Be brave. Be hit. Take the hit. It's the end of the fucking world. <laughs> yeah, if, it's if, the end of the environmentally. It's the end of the world. If not, take the take, stand now. Take when? the goddamn hit. Sort out the people in your life that do that douchebag shit and get them out. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're not on the ark at the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think what everyone said about the Kennedy uh, shooting before the Zapruder film came out. Right. That's just, it's just a form of social cowardice. Yeah. And you guys, but you do brave things, so don't ever let them get to you with that stuff. It's cow don't let the cowards ever tell us what to do. I feel like they're pushing Biden on us the same way they did Hillary. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same it's the same policy. Yeah, same he won't way. change anything. Yeah, and I I'll go so far as that you want a conspiracy? I think they don't mind Trump and they're putting on theater so they can face their social peers. Oh, but yeah. in secretly their tax bracket stays the same and they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I honestly do believe that I some I forget where I was somebody was saying this or where I heard it, but they were saying that like how kind of comedians are now on basically taking the role that like your newscasters did back in the day, like your Edward R. Murrow's, your you know those types of being yeah. truth tellers of just you know putting these. Well, but even then, but but and, and even in the face of that. Once they become absorbed by a corporate entity, larger corporate entity, they fall into the same thing. And they start supporting all the other stuff. And so it's the comedians who don't have large support. I know when, so when I say you go watch Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Dore, who the hell is he? You look at that crappy little show. Crappy and little has nothing to do with truth. Oh, yeah. If you think shiny, if you think shiny and pretty has to do with truth, you can, you're kind of an adolescent. You're not, you're not a fully formed adult. And so Jimmy Dore can tell the truth because he doesn't have a big sponsor threatening him his income if he does. Yeah. Whereas MSNBC, you know, Ed Schultz had to leave because he was supporting Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Lots of reporters had to go because and, they were real progressives. And, you know, you, you even see, like, on, like, Colbert, right? Colbert goes after Trump every night. But then any time they mention anyone other than Biden, he kind of, like, goes after them, too. You know, like he, he kind of. Uh, yes. Too, yeah. you know? Right. Well, and that voids all other progressivism. Yeah. Yeah. It, it erases it to me now. And it didn't used to when he was fighting something that seemed a little more clear cut. But now we see with all this stuff coming out, uh, Assange and WikiLeaks, uh, WikiLeaks changed everything. They changed the face of how we understand things. It's all out now and there's no putting it back. And so a lot of people want to go back to a pre WikiLeaks world and they can't. Yeah. But yeah. they're going to make. They're going to make a horrible mess trying. Yeah. Uh, that's another guy, uh, Julian Assange. As soon as he gets uh, extradited to the U.S., I'm sure oh. he's going to they're gonna put commit him in, suicide. Yeah, they're going to put him in Epstein. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, something bad, they're going to they're gonna put him in the same exact cell. Yeah. 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 They're using the same coroner who did JFK and MLK yeah. for Epstein. <laughs> so dig that, guy. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Then they'll get the Warren Commission to take a look at it. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, like, uh, I, we're in this place where we can't trust anything that we're, we're being told about that because it's going to come from the DOJ, which is clearly suspect at this point, uh, thanks to the Attorney General, you know? We yeah. know they're just a propaganda arm of the, the, of the White House. So it's just right. Uh, uh, I, like I'm just tired of all this. Like I'm sick of all of it. Damn it! Do you think he'll leave office if he loses? I don't know. I, I don't know if there'll be an election. Yeah, yeah. we have to. Yeah, we have to get to that first. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that, uh, he's. Uh, I think the biggest mistake is to really call him an idiot, and he's not. He's he's a streetwise street guy. Yeah. yeah, and he has street smarts, and he played Hillary perfectly. Saying, yeah, I'll be your stooge so that you can win. Fuck you. Yeah. And took her out. And pretending, because he was always the, the friend they laughed at. Oh, him. Yeah, he's our clown. We, he has lots of money, but we, we all laugh at him behind his back. He's, he's a buffoon to us. And he's thinking the whole time, I'm going to fucking get all of you. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they were friends. Hillary set it up. It was called the yeah. Pied Piper's. And, it, and he pulled like a, a truly, like, ancient Roman kind of move, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. 
<laughs> At two, incest and everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, they were friends. They were friends, and they might on some level still be. Oh, yeah, they were at the weddings. They were, he was given to yeah. campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this just goes on forever, fellas, but I got to dash out of here in a moment. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we don't want to keep you off. Yeah, well, yeah. thanks for this. Was so, you know, I'll get lost in this and just keep doing it forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're right here with you, man, absolutely. But yeah, this was uh, we absolutely appreciate talking yeah. anytime. Thanks man. for Thank talking you. about Rudger. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. We went off in every direction on Earth, there, didn't we? But uh, <laughs> that's how we usually do. We, we did cover Rutger a bunch, though. So fair yeah. enough. <laughs> All right, Rick. Thanks again. Man. Always a pleasure, guys. And let me know the next one. Absolutely, yeah. Ha! Right. Thanks. Take care. You too. Yeah.